Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It is Monday, March 22nd, 2021. I am Andrew Hansen alongside Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach. And wow, what a big night, Coach. A lot of fun. You put out an awesome lineup on FanDuel. We had a lot of members with terrific returns on investment. We're talking over 10x. Uh, let, let's celebrate a little bit. Oh man, it was. Thank you. Thank you. And it was, it was great. It was, everything came together. We got to sweat it all out and everybody dove in discord and just fantastic. I mean, I was so impressed with our entire group uh, because you could see when they posted those winners, they're sticking with the coach talk process. They're playing the right, making the right contest selections. There wasn't any crazy plays. And that's what we've always said when we get that top, per, you know, two, two tenths of a percent lineup, which we had, uh, you know, those even those single entry smaller plays are going to pay off. And, oh, I, seeing stuff like from 50 to 560 and 30 to uh, 600. And then we had a, a six grand and all over the board, you know, all of everybody plays at a different rate but they played the right contest and it really paid off and i was just you know so thrilled that that uh, we got to see you know almost everybody joining in on the victory i got to make a real quick mention andrew uh to to this group and i apologize if i've left anybody out i just jotted a few of them down real quickly d's uh d101 skyler godfather of gains medicated b money bag Bross 0703, Ken 1992, and Kev Swee. And there was other ones that I'm sure that I did not jot down there, but it was it really was a true uh team effort. And we got it done, man. It was it was great to see. Awesome way to get the the week rolling. And you know, the the cool thing about it is we have really solid wins nine of the last eleven days. So we are on a torrid pace right now, sort of the way uh, my man Luke is shooting his threes. <laughs> Ooh, man, he couldn't miss yesterday, and it was. I'm glad he couldn't because then uh, the key players didn't play in in the last quarter of Dallas and Portland, and we got Jeez. our Phoenix LA mini stack to just take off. And that was the beautiful thing about your lineup. You had Chris Paul on one side, and on the Lakers side, you had uh, Horton Tucker, Kuzma, and Harrell. And right. they were all out there a lot in the fourth quarter, including Paul right down to the wire to get that triple-double. And so yeah. we just kept shooting up the leaderboard, and it was a lot of fun to root that along with, with the members. And so what it ended up being was in these single-entry contests, people taking them down with you know solo first, uh, second, or top five, basically at worst. And yeah. uh, that, that's the key that we preach at uh, Coach Talk is the, in that contest selection. So it really worked out last night. It was it was wonderful and it really was key and you know we had talked I talked about it a little bit on the pod yesterday was you know diving on that Lakers value you know with LeBron just going down recently and you know the, we knew those shots and points were going to go somewhere and uh, luckily we were able to to figure out where and that that was a big help so very very fun it was funny though I got to mention it it's not crying over spilt milk because I had an awesome night and everything. But we that last play in the, <laughs> in the game where Taylor Taylor Horton Tucker threw the ball inside to that rookie dude McKinney. If he lays that in, I mean, there wasn't anybody on him. Andrew just lays it in. Right. 
that's a several thousand dollar assist from Taylor Horton Tucker right. for me anyway. Yeah. But uh, I I will not. McKinney without with the poor dude played like eight seconds and he's already on my list with the the guys that I hate. So. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that was an easy turnaround oh. layup. It wasn't a turnaround jumper. It was a turnaround layup. Layup. Yeah. Oh, that, was, that six was too 6'10 bad. or whatever the heck he is. You just, yeah, how do you miss that? Yeah. But anyway, it's fun to... It's the roller coaster of DFS is a blast, and uh, yesterday was fun, and I'm so happy for our members. And what a great time to come in and join yeah. us! I mean, it's crazy right now how much stuff is going on in sports with baseball around the corner, the tournament, NCAA tournament, and then basketball. And how about this, Andrew? The trade deadline is Thursday. There's rumors going around like lunacy. I mean, Lonzo Ball's going to get moved. I think Montrez Harrell. I mean, John Collins. I've I've read all kinds of stuff this morning. Aaron Gordon asking out. Yes, big time, yep. big time moves. So you know, the the, the other key reason to, to jump into our Discord and be part of our community as these moves happen, there's already going to be DFS uh, slates that are posted, and they're not going to be able to react to that pricing. And man, can you take advantage of that at you know when those things happen? Uh, to really get an edge. And we're on that. I mean, that's we're watching it 24-7, sure, for sure. Plus, with the NCAA tournament <clears> going on, I, I know a lot of people want to watch that, and it's that's great. We'll handle the rest for you. We, we'll, we'll, we'll keep an eye on the NBA and uh, keep the lineups organized so you can watch NCAA, not even pay attention, just come in and plug in player lineups. That's what you can do on FanDuel. Right. Full lineups on FanDuel, every slate, and Yahoo, Coach's Clipboard on DraftKings. So if you want to join us, just go to our website, dfscoachtalk.com, pick up whichever membership you'd like. Or if you're into the sports betting and you can make your first deposit at betus.com.pa, go there, make your deposit for $149, use the promo code COACHTALK, and you're going to get to use that $149 to bet on the games and the props, and you get a free membership with us until June 1st. So jump in now. Uh, The spring season is going to be awesome. We're going to keep rolling. So Love to have you. After you sign up on BetUS, just let us know on Twitter at DFS Coach Talk, and then we'll send you an email to get you into our Discord. That's where we give out the lineups about 20 minutes before lock. Absolutely. Are you ready to get this rocking and rolling for eight games? Yeah, eight games late. Uh, why don't you I lead us it. off? Let's do it. Sacramento 17 and 25 against Cleveland 16 and 26. Sacramento, how about this? A four point favorite. On the road, 223 and a half is the over-under. And I noticed today, Andrew, the over-unders are all jammed together pretty much. We have one that's a little higher, but most of them are all in the 220s, uh, which, you know, evens the slate up a little bit. Uh, I like that. It gives us a little edge, I think. 220 and, city uh, all day. Pardon me? Two, it's 220 city today. I know. It, it really is. <laughs> All right, and as far as a couple of stats here to throw out, uh, the pace, Sacramento is ninth, Cleveland 24th. And then here's the thing that makes you want to roster some guys. 30th, Sacramento just is, I don't think you're ever going to get out of the cellar on defense, and Cleveland's 23rd. So, you know, a couple. there's all kinds of possibilities here that you can look at. Uh, De'Aaron Fox has been phenomenal. He gets to go against a, a poor defensive backcourt in Cleveland. Uh, the only problem with with Fox, and that's why I'm still a little undecided, 
is it is a, a quite a bit of a pace down, but you know he can get it done pretty fast, and he'll increase the pace uh, himself. So Fox is a possibility for me. Uh, Halliburton's been solid. Buddy Hield's been tough. They are scoring the basketball. Uh, that's for sure. And I think, uh, you know, you could look at those three guys and consider them. Um, I lean more towards Fox, but it is a big payup because he is expensive. Um, on the Cleveland side for me, you know, a guy that's been super value and uh, playing decent basketball and getting decent minutes is Larry Nance since he returned. Uh, you know, still no Kevin Love. Uh, we, I, he showed up for one game, I think, is all he played. But, um, you know, Nance is in play. You know, Garland and Sexton, you got to talk about both of these guys, Andrew, because they're, you know, Garland especially, his price is is really a value price. And Sacramento with, you know, terrible, terrible defense, and it's a a big pace-up game for Cleveland. I really, you know, I'm going to go after these guys. In fact, you know, it might be crazy on an eight-game slate, but if I had to turn my roster in right now, I would play Garland and Sexton. I just think that this is going to be a game they can get up and down and really score the basketball. So super hard, uh, guard heavy for me in this first game. I uh, would consider Nance possibly, but uh, really uh, the guards on both sides intrigue me here, and I think this can be a sh- an old-fashioned shootout, if you will. Oh, very interesting. Yeah, I, I guess I'm most interested in the guards as well. Uh, especially on that Sacramento side, and I would lean towards Fox. On the Cleveland side, um, you know, the guards are in a great spot here getting that Sacramento backcourt defense. The only downside for me is it is a back-to-back for Cleveland. Yeah. Uh, They played heavy minutes against Toronto. Uh, Garland played 36. Sexton played 39. Sexton was awesome. He scored 36 points. So he could certainly hit value again. Uh, th- th- that's just my only hesitation. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, the good thing about those two guys, though, is they're both babies. Yes, they're they like are. twenty. Right. So you know, it, you would think those the young dudes like that. It's not like vets on a back to back. They should be able to go out there. I mean, heck, at that age, I'd play three games in a day, multiple days in a row. So, right. they, you know, I think they they could still uh, burn it, and it doesn't seem like. Uh, you know, a Bickerstaff is worried about that with these young dudes. He's rolling them out there. In fact, sometimes they even grab extra minutes in blowouts just because I think he wants them to grow that continuity, you know? Oh, yeah. He loves to play them down to the wire, which is great. And like you said, they are cheap. Uh, with the bigs, you know, Allen, I like his matchup here against Holmes. Uh, he played really well against Toronto, played 34 minutes. Yeah. Uh, so he's a somebody I think you could look at. And then one value play off the bench, if you wanted to go cheap, would be Chetty Osman. He's 3,700 on Fandle. He played 24 minutes last night, still getting decent run. Uh, and then I do want to mention they, they have announced they're going to re-sign Quinn Cook. Uh, hmm. So could he possibly get a few uh, extra minutes on the back-to-back? Maybe. You know, they didn't go with a backup point guard yesterday. Windler was really the kind of the smallest guy, if you will, that they brought off the bench. So uh, there's another factor to consider. But yeah, I could easily come out of here with a a pay-up guy like Fox and and maybe even one additional player. Yeah, I think I'm excited about that game. I I really do like the guards. I'm I'm not afraid to roster those guys 
in this scenario, I think it, it should be a good game to, uh, and one that should fly under the radar, you know? Yeah, it certainly could. Although it is alone at 7.30, we get a True. nice uh, half-hour delay to this late tonight. And then we move to 8 o'clock with Oklahoma City and Minnesota. This is a 226.5 total on betus.com.pa. And Minnesota favored by three. Oklahoma City coming in on a back-to-back. Close win over Houston to get yeah. them to 18-24. and 24. And we have a decent pace game here. They're 14th. Minnesota is third. And we like the matchup for OKC because Minnesota's defense is 26th. Uh, OKC still solid defensively there at 12th. Now, these these offenses are bad in terms of efficiency. They're both bottom five in offense. Yeah. So uh, kind of a mixed bag there in terms of the profile of the game. And with the injury news, we've got Shea questionable. He set out the last one with a shoulder issue. And then on the Minnesota side, we have McLaughlin still out, and we have Culver questionable. Now, on the OKC side, if Shea comes back in, that shifts everything around. Uh, we had Maladon starting last game. We had Dort really stepping up, taking a bunch of shots. If Shea is playing again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to steer away from Maladon and Dort probably, although Dort is very cheap on, on FanDuel still. Uh, we also had uh, Horford take the night off it was kind of a young a young guy game as Moses Brown got the start again so Horford should be back in there so with those veterans I think Shea is actually somebody I'll consider 7400 on FanDuel again you know great matchup here against Minnesota and Rubio so I think he could he could hit value and then with the bench guys I think there is going to be a trickle-down effect here with Shea uh, guys like Jerome and Svee, I mean, those are the key guards that have either been starting or coming off the bench, getting more usage. And for me, I would play probably Svee only if I was going to go with a value guy off the off the bench because, uh, first of all, he's cheaper than Jerome. Jerome's been priced up into the 4K range now. On yeah. DraftKings, Svee is only 3600 and he got 21 minutes, uh, got a you know double-digit shots. Uh, so I think he can still potentially hit value against Minnesota in an up-paced game. So for me, it's either Shea or Svee if I'm going to go anywhere over there. On the Minnesota side, how about Rubio? Two of the last three games, he's had a double-double, over yeah. 40 fantasy points, and he's still a very reasonable price. So he's a guard that you can consider on this slate. I don't think I'll go anywhere else on Minnesota. You know, Edwards has stepped up really well here recently, but he could probably get a bunch of Dort defense here. We, we like to avoid that. And Towns is, is pricey. He's got a you know crafty veteran in Horford who knows how to defend. So, uh, you know, you could get him in there, but um, I'm not planning to make him my pay-up guy. And then the one value guy I want to mention is Jaden McDaniels. You know, Minnesota is a little bit risky, I think, with any peripheral guy. In the last game, they went 11 deep in the rotation yeah. against Phoenix. But when Jaden starts, he got 28 minutes last game. He's very cheap, and he's athletic enough. If guys like Pokashevsky are out there, uh, you know, I think he can do his thing and, and pick up uh, a variety of stats. But really, it, it's looking at the guards here for me, Shea and Rubio. That's kind of the key focus for me. Yeah, no, good take. Um, you know, I did notice one thing. I've been waiting, you know, a, a week or a week and a half, whatever, here to see at least 
somewhat of a sample size on, you know, what the plan is with this the new Minnesota coach because he's been in there what a couple of weeks, mm-hmm. um, and to me what I'm seeing is it, he's radically picking up the pace for this team. He wants them to push the ball. You know, <clears throat> when they they've elevated right up the pace charts since he's taken over. So that's allowed Rubio to get more points, Edwards to have some monster games, and Cat as well. So I like the fact that Minnesota is really pushing the basketball. And that puts a few of those guys in play for me. I mean, Rubio should be higher priced with the way he's played fairly consistently now since the new coach took over. And, uh, you know, that's a plus. And I'm with you. I, I really think Anthony Edwards could have a nice game here, but I do think he will draw Dort defense. And that, you know, that is uh, a concern. Also, I totally respect Al Horford's defense. I mean, the other day I watched him and he just, he's as far as if you want to learn defensive post, de- uh, how to play defense, defense in the post he's the guy to watch because the position the denial you know his footwork even for an older guy man he knows how to play defense there and I think that'll be enough to deter uh at least a little bit of Cat's uh you know high ceiling so uh you know I I do like Rubio and uh possibly if on a super value play of McDaniels but uh, you know, maybe GPP wise for sure. I'm not going to waste time on OKC until we know the Shea news. It's very simple. If Shea plays and he's has no restriction, his shoulders okay, he's in play for me. No question about it. If he doesn't play, it just changes everything. You know, then you have to. I think Zvi might be the value play of the day if if he's going to get those minutes because you know he's going to shoot the ball. And like you said, he's massively uh, cheap. Uh, Maladon also moves up a big notch. Um, You know, those are really the two guys that I would zone in on if Shea sits. Um, Not really interested in the bigs uh, for OKC uh, tonight, but, you know, we'll we'll wait and see what the Shea news is. And then I think having a little exposure to Minnesota is a good idea. Excellent. You want to take us to the 830 slot? I will. It is the Charlotte Hornets, man. I am so bummed because I I think everybody sort of roots for the Hornets. They've been so bad for so long. It's Michael's team. They're playing great. 500 ball. It looks like they're going to make the playoffs. And now LaMelo has a broken wrist. So that is a huge blow to that team and very disappointing. It does really help DFS wise uh, because all of a sudden Devontae Graham is back in the hot seat of he's going to get the minutes and shots and assists and stuff that he was really losing out to uh, with LaMelo when LaMelo took over that position a couple of weeks into the season. So, you know, you go right at this game here, uh, San Antonio minus five, it's a 224 and a half over under. Right square in the middle in pace, 13 and 15. Defensively, Charlotte's only 25th. And I can tell you, LaMelo wasn't helping that. I did the DRPM stuff this weekend, Andrew. I don't know if you caught that, but it was very surprising. LaMelo was very low. I mean, in the bottom, like 1% defensively. And Devontae Graham was in the top 10%. Now, I know that 
you can't take a ton of stock in all of the DRPM numbers, but they don't lie. I mean, they literally are, you know, based on 100 possessions. So, you know, it should be a little bit of an upgrade defensively uh, for Charlotte as well. It also, except for when they bring Monk in, because <laughs> that's, he was right down there with LaMelo. So you're going to get, you're going to have to look at rotations here because my point in telling you all this is I like the, the San Antonio first string guys. As far as San Antonio guys coming off the bench at guard, I, you know, it, it changes be, vice versa, vice versa. Because when, if you're going against Graham and Monk and some of the guys, you know, like Monk that's coming off the bench, I think that you can take advantage of that. But the the starting guys are the ones that will face Rogier, Graham, you know, and um, Biombo now with Zeller out. So it affects a little bit of the way that I'm going to look at Charlotte's opponents coming up. Um, along with Ball, by the way, as I just mentioned, Zeller is out. Rogier's probable. I, I would imagine that he'll play. So, you know, San Antonio, hey, you know, we are always afraid to get popped there. You don't know what to expect. This is a tight spread game that should be uh, interesting. The question is, is Charlotte going to come out, you know, in a defeatist type mode that they lost their rookie of the year? Or are they going to band together and, and pick up the slack and play hard? So, you know, that's the determination that, that we have to make. You know, I I feel they're going to come out and play hard. I, I They've shown so much spirit and, and, you know, excited play this year, uh, you know, I think they'll come out and, and give it a good run. So Devonte at that price has to be into con in consideration here. Terry Rozier is probably a great play because he's shooting the ball well, he, you know, and he's playing well, and he's going to get more shots and more usage, more chance at assists. You know, we, we look at him as just a two-guard now. We forget that he played point his whole career in college and with the Celtics and where he played. So he's he's right in the mix, uh, I think, with all of that. Um, you know, I'm not going uh, Biombo and pay down there. I don't think it's necessary. Plus, he doesn't get enough minutes with P.J. taking uh, a big shift there. Not, not the greatest P.J. fan either, and I think he'll get a lot of ownership, but just too inconsistent for me for cash games. He just, he drives me crazy. Hayward, not bad. You know, price is maybe just a little too high for me. So again, I'm, I'm more on the guards here on the Charlotte side. San Antonio is just bizarre, man. I don't know what to expect, but they've had guys out. They have guys that they rested in this last game. You know, a lot of those guys are coming back. I think there's just a big crowded group of players that are going to all share points. And rather than go one by one, I'm just going to say I'm not interested in Spurs. I only go for Spurs when there's guys sitting out and you would think Pop would be forced to play, you know, the guys were going with big minutes. But sometimes that doesn't even work out. So when you can avoid the Spurs, avoid them. And that's what I'm doing today. I am too. I'm not going to play any Spurs. I'm looking at Charlotte. I mean, massive opportunities here now with LaMelo out and Zeller. And it's going to be a lock-in situation for me with Graham. Uh, I think he's going to be fired up and excited about this opportunity. And, uh, you know, solid pace game here. So I, I like Graham. His price is terrific. 
And I, I would probably, uh, at this point, lean towards avoiding Rozier in this one. I think moving forward, if they don't price him up, it's going to be an awesome opportunity. But I'm just a little concerned with him having this hip issue. Yeah. Um, and, you know, because he's that much more expensive than Graham, I don't think I'll go with both of them. I think I'll just go with Graham. And the other value play I might look at would be Monk. You know, he hasn't been getting 20 minutes for a while with, uh, you know, all the all the other guys out there. Right. But I think he steps up now, and he's minimum price on FanDuel, only 4K on DraftKings. And we know that when Monk uh, gets an extra opportunity, he can absolutely smash. So uh, I like Monk here as well. And Biombo is a, is a great price. I, I'm not uh, too thrilled about playing him today. I think Pirtle is solid defensively. So I probably won't go there. I'll just focus on Graham and Monk from this game. I'm with you. All right, game four. We move to nine o'clock. We have four games at nine Eastern, and the first one is Utah against Chicago. Two twenty-seven and a half total. Uh, Utah favored by nine. They're sitting at that thirty win mark. Thirty and eleven, and solid pace game here. Fifteen and six, uh, but we do have Utah's number five defense. Chicago right in the middle. They're thirteenth. And good offenses here. Utah, third in the league offensively. And Chicago, decent. They're 15th. Now, this is a back-to-back for Chicago. They had an easy win against Detroit. The guys didn't have to play uh, heavy minutes. On the Utah side, we do have Gobert questionable with the hip issue. And that is huge. You know, he's played all 41 games for Utah this year. So we don't have any sample size of what's going to happen if he's out. I would think probably that probably all the favors you can eat, right? Yeah, all the fav- all party favors in, in Chicago <laughs> here. I think Derek would probably get the start. You know, he's their reliable veteran, usually gets 17, 18 minutes. And he has gotten over one fantasy point per minute this year. So yeah. if he starts, he's the value center that I would look at over Biombo. Uh, Chicago has not been good against centers this year. No. So he's a he's a fine value for me. Uh, I also like uh, a couple of the guards in this game. I like Donovan Mitchell uh, getting Levine defense. Uh, I I think he'll step up here. It's not like we're going to get a bunch of extra shots to go around, though. I also want to mention that Gobert, he only averages 8.49 field goal attempts per game. So it's amazing. And he's expensive, too. That's what's amazing. Yeah, so it's not like other stars that if they go out, there's this huge trickle-down of offensive opportunity. It's just... It's just more minutes for favors. And I also want to mention who else could get in the mix. How about Ilya Sova? I know it. He's on Utah. He hasn't played all season. Yeah. Uh, do they finally get him out there today? I I would think that they would if they're ever yeah. going to play him. Uh, he's minimum price on both sides. I don't think I'm going to go there because we can just get favors as the starter. So yeah. uh, th- that's my thought there. Uh, I, I, did men- I did notice that your boy Clarkson is extra cheap on FanDuel. He's 4600 Yeah. So he's, he's always dropped. He's always in play at, at a price like that. On the Chicago side, Sadoransky is still cheap on both sites. Uh, Levine, 8400 on both sites. I like I like him. Uh, shooting guards can do well against Utah. And right. he, he only played 33 minutes last night, so he should be fine. And then Thaddeus Young would be in play if Gobert is out. He's certainly got enough quickness and agility now to to uh, get around favors, I think, and 
and score some buckets. So, you know, this could be uh, a somewhat important game for me if Gobert sits. We've got some real value opening up with favors. I agree, man. Uh, you know, if Gobert sits, if favors plays 25 minutes is what I would think he would play, maybe even 27. Uh, you know, at that price with his offensive output, I mean, he'll literally take more shots than Gobert would. If yeah, you know, he'll, mm-hmm. I would think he'll get 10, 12 shots up minimum and then get some of the other, you know, peripheral stats too. So favors, you know, I have no problem playing him as the value guy if Gobert sits. Um, as far as the rest of the players, you know, it's, it's tempting to go with Mitchell versus Levine. I've had some great success with doing that exact type of deal with both Mitchell and Levine because neither one of them is a great defender and they both can score in massive, massive bunches. Um, I, I think they're both decent. I lean towards Levine and I'm so happy he's like a thousand bucks cheaper than he was last week. So he now, you know, gets back into that playable. They had just outpriced him, priced him uh, for a while. But um, I, I do like both of the, the big wheels here. But you know what I'm finding my my uh, common thread today is it seems like I want to play all the guards and no bigs. So yeah. I'm <laughs> I'm going to have to do a little uh, uh, shuffling here because there's just too many good guard plays. But uh you know, I'm not going to even talk about the 3-4-5 the position for the Bulls drives me absolutely nuts. I mean, I like Patrick Williams. I like Laurie Markman. I like Thaddeus Young. I like Otto Porter Jr. I could keep going, but you just can't get consistency out of any of them. Wendell Carter Jr., all of those guys. So they're all getting big minutes. They're all splitting the time. Way too risky for me in cash. I'm just not even – I like – Barely even glanced at the bigs with Chicago. I'm just done with it. Um, I I will say, though, that if uh, uh, Favors does play, the other reason I like him is Chicago's interior defense has just gone right down the toilet since they basically benched Gafford or sent him to the G League or whatever. He's a good defender, but the group of, of young being undersized and a lot of times it's Markinen playing center who can't play d- defense centers. Uh, you know, and they just they're not getting it done. Wendell Carter Jr. gets smoked. So it is good to attack Chicago with with a big. And, uh, you know, if and I know it's crazy and I know it only takes shots, eight shots a game. But if they do come out and say Gobert's fine, he's playing no restrictions. You know, I would consider him here just because of that recent bias I have to go against the bigs for Chicago. So me too. Need that news. Go ahead. Yeah, me too. No, I like it. Yeah, you like it? Okay, yeah. good, good. So that's really what it comes down to for me. Um I'd I'd like to push the button on Levine, but right now unless uh FanDuel and DraftKings will let me play seven guards, I'm <laughs> I'm in a little bit of trouble. Right. <laughs> All right, let's jump to this next one and keep this this thing rocking and rolling um, real quickly here because we're right in the middle uh, of of busting through the games. If you're watching this on on uh, YouTube, please take a second. It's very very important for us to get the thumbs up, and we want to get as many subscribers to the channel as we can, and hit the little alert button there to let you know uh, when we're uh, posting podcasts. It is it's really helpful for us to grow the community. We keep these in front of the paywall seven days a week. So 
please take a second to do that. If you're listening to us on audio, I'm happy for you. You don't have to look at our two mugs. But also, when you're, uh, if you're listening, take a second when you're done. Hit that five-star, make a quick comment. All of those things, again, they help beat the algorithms and move us up past the ones that dominate the, the podcast space like ESPN and Disney and all these. They're, we're literally in competition for listens so that we want to get our name out there more. So please take a second to do that as well. And again, we'd love to have you join us at, at DFSCoachTalk.com. All right, let's go to this game. It is We're at Toronto-Houston, correct? Correct. All right, we've got both teams on the second night of a back-to-back. Toronto's 8.5-point favorite. It's 222.5. We have two solid-paced teams here, Toronto 12 and Houston 5, and two in-the-middle-of-the-road defenses, in Toronto, 16, and Houston, 13. But remember, there was a time Houston was fifth for a, a minute, and now they have plummeted to 13th and continuing to go down. Um, again, you know, we love getting this podcast out around noon. We try to, you know, wait in the morning. The more news, the better, so we can share this. But one of the downfalls is we don't get that final news that we need to really share with you. And it's all has to do with with Oladipo and Wall here both being questionable, and then there's t- Toronto questions we have to dig through. Siakam only played 25 minutes. We're not sure, uh, you know, if he it wasn't foul trouble. He may be an ejection. We don't know. But we're going to look into both sides of this. Make sure that we have all of that news because it it affects everything uh, in this game. So. Um, don't want to, to grind out a big amount of time here, but I'll just say if just Wall or just Oladipo are in, you know, I like one of the two for sure. If they're both in, it sort of eliminates them for me, and it, it really takes guys like Porter and Tate and, and Wood that I'd like to play because Wood's been great already. But, you know, all of a sudden they're having where they had nobody to score. They're going to have a lot of guys to score. So just uh, something we have to keep our eyes on news wise, because it could be end up being a great spot as opposed to a pass spot for me, depending on that news. Toronto has their guns back. You know, they're, that's a good thing, but it's also, you know, a negative for guys like Boucher that we we're playing. He barely played uh, in the teens again yesterday. But, you know, Lowry, Van Vliet, Pyle, Ananobi, and Siakam, if they put those five out there again, and then Baines at, at a big, uh, you know, whether they go small or big against Houston, I'm thinking that, that uh, you know, they may go smaller because Wood is so athletic. They may want to use Siakam to guard him. So I'm afraid of the bigs because they may play him off the court. And both teams who we've targeted because they've been so shorthanded now have a ton of guys to score. And unfortunately, a lot of their salaries haven't uh, corrected back down. Like Norman Powell is way too expensive now uh, because he's, you know, he loses like literally 12, 14 percent usage with where he was when all those guys were out. So this may be a pass game for me, Andrew, unless we get some news that shifts things around. It just, you know, I just don't feel real comfortable that anybody's going to really have enough usage to be effective. Yeah, it's a decent chance there'll be a pass for me <clears> as well. 
with with Toronto and having everybody out there, they're priced reasonably, uh, you know, and it is a back to back for them. Yeah, we think their their key guys will still get good minutes, but Houston is such a disaster after their twentieth straight loss, and if multiple guys sit again, Toronto could blow them out, and it could be pretty balanced. So it's not like you get extra excited for Toronto with a little bit of news. And right. with Houston, I mean, it could go any which way. If everybody's out there, I probably won't won't go to Houston at all because they played heavy minutes in a back-to-back. I mean, Christian Wood played 36 minutes. Yeah. Is, is he even going to play tonight? We don't know here at lunchtime. Yeah, he's coming back from a bad an- ankle, correct? Seriously. Yeah, we don't yeah. know about Waller Oladipo. And even if one or both of them are out, Porter Jr. is extra expensive for uh, what he's what he's looking at. I mean... Right. Sixty-five to seven thousand. It's Ridiculous. not even close to what he was. So it's it's not yeah. an uh, automatic uh, value play like it was before. So a decent chance, no matter what, that this will be a pass game for me. Yeah, it's a disaster. Did you happen to see Silas' press conference after the last? I did. Game? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Twenty losses in a row. I felt really bad for that guy. I mean, he's he's a little bit disheveled here at this point, but. None of the decisions they've made have made any sense. I mean, I still I, I say it over and over again when Doss and I are watching the games. Why didn't they just keep Lavert? That was a secondary trade when they traded him to Indiana. They could have kept him instead of having Oladipo. I don't know what they it makes no sense to me, but they're like paying that. the price. And by the way, that reminds me, this team is thirtieth now in offensive efficiency on the season. And they had a guy named James Harden on their team at the beginning of the season. They've got all-star Wall, All-Star Oladipo, Young Star Wood. That's not good that they're 30th in efficiency. They're below it, OKC, yeah. Cleveland, I mean all Unreal. of these bad teams. It's unbelievable. I mean, I I wouldn't want to be a Rockets fan. I'd be furious. I mean, they that game that we watched the other day that led us to victory, the the you know, Westbrook. God, is Westbrook playing? Oh my mm-hmm. god. But watching he and Harden go back and forth and the fact that it wasn't that long ago they were both in Houston. <laughs> right. Man, things wow. change quickly. Good Lord. All right, the next game we have at 9 o'clock. Boston in Memphis. Back-to-back for Boston. They beat Orlando easily at home yesterday. And it's a 220 total. Uh, Memphis actually favored by 2.5. We have yeah. Kemba. That's, that line surprised me, Andrew. That surprises me, too. We have Kemba out, but... Everybody else good to go for the Celtics. Yeah. Um, and they're motivated. They're 21 and 21. I mean, they need to get back uh, in the winning ways. Uh, so now that we talk about that, I kind of like Boston here tonight in, in terms of the line. I love them. Yeah. I, I can't believe they're an underdog. I mean, I know that this is, hurts for Walker fans, but Boston's better when he's not in there because he's terrible defensively, horrible. And they they get to you know get Ojale out there extra with Smart and Tatum. I mean they're they're a much better defensive team. And I think they they may lay one on Memphis tonight. Yeah, that's what happened the last game. Kemba sat out is they moved Smart to the point guard. Ojale started. Yeah, and that is a tough defensive situation for Memphis's backcourt. I mean, they are not going to get any easy baskets against those two. And then you've got the size of Jalen Brown mixed in there to deal with. Uh, to deal with Dylan Brooks and, and company, Grayson Allen. So I don't I don't like any of the Memphis guards because of that. I mean, I know Boston is 21st defensively, but like you said, if Kemba's out of that mix, 
then it's a whole different situation. Uh, I like Tatum here. He's the guy that really steps up the most when Kemba is out. And he's also very good on back-to-backs. So I'm not really concerned about that for him. He only played 29 minutes yesterday anyway. So I think yeah. Tatum steps up here. He's a key guy for me on this slate. Jalen Brown has been playing awesome lately. I mean, he's been more productive than than Tatum, Tatum of late. He scored 34 yeah. points yesterday. He could do it, but he's not as good on back-to-backs. So for me, I'm, I'm looking at Tatum. Not going to play Ojale as a value uh, value guy. He could hit 5 or 6x, but he usually uh, falls short, even if he's starting. The value guy that I would look at for Boston would be Peyton Pritchard. Uh, last time Kemba sat, he got 19 minutes off the bench. How about his stats for the season, Coach? For shooting, he's 45, 41, and 90. Uh, he's really getting wow. it done for a young guy. Very impressive. Good price on both sides. Uh, so you could you could throw him in there. Uh, Robert Williams, a little bit pricey for me, around 6K. Only got 14 minutes last night. He could certainly uh, get more minutes on a back-to-back here and and and, um, and smash that. But I I don't think I'll go there. It's it's Tatum or Pritchard and or Pritchard for me. And on Memphis, like I said, I'm not I'm not going with any of those wing players because of Boston's defense. Uh, don't I don't want to get involved with their front court either. Uh, Bain off the bench, 3,700 on both sites, GPP option, uh, 24 minutes in the last game, but we're not even sure that he'll get that. I mean, Melton only played 10 minutes last game. Uh, right. There's no reason that couldn't be flip-flopped here, and uh, they, they switched that. So I just don't like the minutes uh, or the game situation for Memphis here. I'm not going to play any of the Grizzlies. I've got a question for you. I know you're a Celtics fan, so maybe you can shed some light on this because I think – uh, Stevens is an excellent coach, but for some reason to me, it, it's very, very apparent, and I I could be missing it completely, but I don't understand why Robert Williams is not the starting center for the Boston Celtics and plays like 30 minutes a game. He plays great defense. He alters shots. He's a great rebounder, explosive offensively, and Stevens just does not seem to want to really commit to playing him big minutes. What do, you, what do you think the reason is? Well, I, I'm fine with it because Tice and, and Tristan Thompson, you know, they've been playing the four and the five, obviously, for the majority right. of the season when they're healthy. And I like Tice as a starter because he can hit the three. And he adds okay. a dimension that Williams does not. Right. And, 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 you know, Tristan Thompson is very, I mean, he's solid whenever he's out there defensively. So that makes sense. And then you bring Williams in off the bench, he gets a, a lesser defender to go against. And he's the only guy out there and, and he can... He's more of that athletic that guy that can go get every single rebound while he's out there, right. uh, and he and he doesn't you know he doesn't hurt you from the perimeter, but uh, he can just take advantage of that backup big defense and be dominant while he's out there. So I, I think it makes sense for now at this point in his career where he doesn't have an outside game, just let him focus on uh, dominating the paint off the bench. I, I just think it's a crime to see him play 13, 15 minutes. It's just not enough for a guy with his, you know, ability. And, and and if you watch, they seem to just feed off of his intensity, too. So I don't know. We'll see where that goes to. But, you know, this will be the fast one. This is our catch-up time game because this is my, my take coach take-the-stand game. I am not playing anybody from this game as of right now. Reason being is, 
I think Boston is going to control the game. I'm not calling it a blowout or anything, but I'm just, I think Boston will control it. Stevens likes to use his bench on back-to-backs, and I don't think he's going to overplay people. I don't think it's going to be a, a gut and grind down to the wire kind of game. Memphis, again, you know, they're in that share the ball scenario too. And you got guys that'll chip in, but never break the slate like Anderson and, you know, Brooks on occasion will have a hot shooting night, but I just don't like the game as far as the matchup, the scenario with the double uh, back-to-back for Boston. And, I, you know, I'm thinking Boston can control this game. So that's going to be my Passola game that doesn't make it on my league pass uh, search button tonight. Well, that's good because there are four games at 9 o'clock, so you have to sacrifice a little bit. Exactly. All right, I'm going to jump into the second-to-last game, which is Indiana-Milwaukee, correct? Correct. Indiana, 19-22 against Milwaukee, 27-14. and 14, But Giannis more than likely will not play. He's doubtful. Uh, slightly affects the game, just a little just bit. Just a hair. Yeah, uh, so I'm going to count him out as of right now. So that's how I did my preparation here with him not playing. And, you know, what what does this do? Is it going to be Bobby Portis chalk night where everybody plays him? Probably. And you know what? I may eat the chalk. A uh, couple of reasons. He's effective when he's in there. I've always thought Bobby Portis was a, a talented guy. You know, they'll run a lot of the sets and things that they do for Giannis and everything and just have Portis in there. I mean, that's that's usually what happens when you have a decent backup like that. You don't completely change the the entire uh, game plan. You just insert somebody into that spot. Now, he's, you know, not a fraction of, of Giannis, but he's good enough to uh, he's a better three point shooter than Giannis. And he'll I think he'll knock down some shots. I think he'll this should be a great game. Uh, I'd love the fact that it's, you know, uh, Milwaukee by five and a half two thirty two is the over under. Uh, so, you know, the fact they're five and a half point favorites is interesting without Giannis, but uh, I see this uh, down-to-the-wire kind of game. Um, a couple of guys I like here, I, I think Karis LeVert, now I know that you know it's a back-to-back and he's coming back, so will he be limited is the question. But it was incredible to me in this uh, game yesterday. It came down to the wire to go to overtime and then in overtime. Who did they go to? Karis LeVert. So he's been there playing, what, a week and a half, two weeks, and he's now the guy they're giving the ball to to win the game at the end when they have guys like Sabonis and Brogdon and, and et cetera. So it goes to show you his worth, and I, he's going to get a lot of play for me until his price gets a little bit too out of reach. But uh, I'm going to do a little uh, checking on the beat writers in Indiana and different things just to make sure there's no – limitations on Levert tonight before I consider putting him in there. Uh, as, other than that, I think, you know, it does open the game up a bit for Sabonis with, with Giannis being out. Uh, I think that he's extremely expensive, but I haven't highlighted many bigs. And when push comes to shove and I, I you know, go to Sabonis because he is so consistent, so solid, and, you know, he will get it done. Uh, Miles Turner, Price is okay. Uh, you know, he's a little bit hit and miss, but he's been very solid. And then on the Milwaukee side, the exciting part is all of that usage from Giannis has to go somewhere. 
I would say, you know, you're going to see Portis and Middleton owned like wildfire throughout the entire uh, industry. Uh, I, I like Middleton a lot. His price is a little pricey. I'm not, I'm on the fence with Middleton. I would assume he's going to be one of your five uh, coaches clipboard highlighted players. That's my guess for tonight. And I, and I think it's a good, good play. But Middleton's in consideration for me. Portis is going to be a plug and play. The guy that I, I'm looking to go to is possibly, you're going to be surprised, man. I like DiVincenzo a little bit here. I think he gets a little extra usage. His price is cheap. He's been consistent. He gets you some of those periphery stats. And he's playing enough that, you know, once they traded Augustine, who was really getting some of his minutes, um, I think he's the guy that's benefited. So he may be a nice little value add for this game for me. Okay, interesting. Um, yeah. You know, I've, I've liked Levert a lot here recently. In my initial build, he doesn't quite make the cut, especially on Fandle as a shooting guard. You know, I like Graham, the, you know, the cheaper value play today, and I like some of the pay-up options that we've talked about. Sort of like right. you said, you know, we'd like seven or eight guards. You can't play all of them, obviously. So, yeah. Well, yes, he he's small forward eligible on DraftKings. Right. Yeah, I'm just talking about uh, FanDuel yeah. specifically. Yeah. Um, I'm not scared of the back-to-back for guys like Brogdon and Sabonis. I, I, Sabonis is in play for me. He's probably the guy I would look at if I was going to pay up on Indiana. Yeah. Um, you know, they me just too. they eat up minutes and, you know, much better situation for him with Giannis not in the paint. I would uh, say. Justin Holiday, got to mention him still on FanDuel at 3,900. That's just ridiculous. I mean, he played over 40 minutes in that overtime game yesterday. He's he's out there all the time for Indiana. Yes. He, he takes I, a bunch I of threes. I can't believe how much he plays. Yep. You know, it's it's incredible. Lamb is really getting pushed to the side. So um, yeah. could be Sabonis for me or, or Holiday as a value play, but I'm, I'm much more interested in Milwaukee. And, you know, I start with Drew and Drew Holiday and Middleton here. Like you said, Middleton, I've liked him a lot this season as a mid-tier option on this offense. When Drew Holiday was limited or out, you know, he really had the two-man game going with Giannis. And now without Giannis, uh, he should step up. You know, he hasn't he hasn't been the key guy lately. It's been Drew and Giannis running the show. Middleton has really taken a hit with usage and shots. But uh, without Without Giannis, I think they I think they run everything through Drew and Middleton. I think Portis gets big minutes, but I don't think he's, you know, I don't think they're going to give him the ball at the top of the key and say go to work. He'll be uh, he'll be out on the wings, or maybe they'll get him in the post. But I think Drew and Middleton will initiate the offense, and those guys will have a lot of good correlation today. Uh, I like those guys. I like Drew better than uh, Dante. He's not that much more expensive. Uh, Dante's yeah. been priced up a little bit because of his strong recent performances. Right. And Portis is an interesting play because, yes, he will be chalky. I'll I'll get him in some of my lineups, probably the cash lineup. Does he make the GPP? Maybe not. There's a guy in the next game who's the same price on FanDuel that we'll get to. Uh, but uh, Portis, I would, be, I would be pretty surprised if he doesn't hit value, uh, assuming he starts and gets Giannis-like minutes. So this right. this will be a pretty key game for me, uh, and it's the only game over two thirty, uh, yep. and I think Indiana, although it's a back to back, they'll they'll have enough left in the tank because of the way that they're, um, you know, they're they're in good shape. 
I mean, let's be honest, those guys play heavy minutes. So I think it'll be a solid game, and I'll have uh, probably three guys or so from this one. And you know, you know that Indiana's three games below 500 with that la- uh, loaded squad. They they need to win games. That's hard to believe. Yep, it they, is. They are going to be stacked when everybody's healthy. Yeah, they need to start winning, or they're not going to make it. All right, last game of the night, Coach. The only 10 o'clock Eastern game, the late night yep. hammer. It's Atlanta against the Clippers. Two twenty-five and a half total. Clippers favored by six and a half. Big news here. We've got. Uh, Mr. Trey Young probable with the quad designation, and good old DeAndre Hunter is questionable. He may finally right. get back out there. That will put an end to the Snell fun. Uh, <laughs> probably go back to the bench. What uh, fun was that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very fun if you didn't play him, and then he, exactly. he took away three-pointers from your guys, or if you did, uh, he had one of his down games. Uh, right. And then with the Clippers, we have Beverly and Ibaka out. So... Right. How do we break this game down? We've got Zubats stepping up. He's been uh, a great option with Ibaka out, but he's got Capella on the other side. I actually kind of like Capella here, who is inconsistent with his minutes in production, but Zubats not strong defensively. So I, I like Capella here as a potential payup, you know, especially if, if Gobert's out, you decide not to go with favors, uh, you know, out of the bigs. With the rest of Atlanta, you know, obviously if Trey Young is out, uh, I would look at Rondo, almost bare minimum price, and Bogdanovich. I think he'll get a lot more usage. You know, he got 30 minutes in the last game, and two games ago he had that breakout that I was looking for, 23 points and 23 and six, still yeah. a good price. Uh, so those guys get a huge bump if Trey Young is out. But the other thing again is if if Hunter starts, you know, that takes away a little bit from everybody. And then how about Collins? Uh, awesome against the Lakers, but now he's finally priced like John Collins should be priced. Right. 8200 right. on FanDuel. It took them like a month to get there. <laughs> took forever. So I'm going to step aside from Collins and, and look more at Capella if I'm going with a big. And with the Clippers, like I said, I'm probably not going to go Zubots. Marcus, uh, Marcus Morris is the guy that I was talking about. He's also 3700 on yeah. FanDuel. He's been starting over Batum. Uh, so there's a, a GPP pivot from Portis, potentially. Uh, Paul George and Kawhi. We'll have to wait and see if Hunter's out there, what the defensive matchup is going to be. Uh, I would probably lean towards Kawhi being a lot cheaper. But again, he's that shooting guard on FanDuel, right in that same price range as Donovan Mitchell and Levine. Uh, so right. you can't play all of them. So, um, you know, this will be interesting. It, it's going to be tough because how much news will we have when the slate starts? And, you know... Can we plug in a value play like a Rondo or Bogdanovich? Uh, or if we don't know that, do we just avoid this situation entirely? How, how are you going to handle it? Well, you know, it's it's. I need the news again, and I, I hate to say that on a podcast. It's like, well, what the hell, you know, good does that do as coach? But I don't want to give you, you know, a final opinion on something when I don't know what I'm dealing with here. And you know, I expect as of right now, I have Trey Young in. I think he'll play. I, I don't know on DeAndre uh, Hunter. I think he's 50-50. And if he does play, I still think he'll come off the bench because they actually need Tony Snell to guard Paul George and maybe even a little Kawhi. So, you know, I would expect that to be the case there. The, the concern I have about this game and what I don't like is both teams have a tendency 
to play the other guys big off the floor. So you've got two teams that use the same strategy. And a lot of times the Clippers will go small, play Morris at the center, uh, and just play it by committee, and, and Zubac sits. Same thing with Atlanta. Capella loses minutes all the time, which he's a great player, but they go with Collins at center, and again, they do the same thing, you know, play the bigs by committee. So I, I'm not comfortable with either big here for that reason and for the player rotation. I think that it plays in each other's hands. I think it does make Morris a better value play, though. I think his minutes are safer, his floor's a little safer, and he's playing terrific. You know, the guy I want to mention here, too, is is Gallinari. I mean, no one talks about him much, but he has been f- fantastic off the bench. I know he's scoring, uh, you know, very scoring uh, relevant in that sense, but doesn't get a lot of the other peripheral stats. But he still makes an impact, and so does Bogdanovich. I think Bogdanovich is getting better and better. But my concern is now, are there enough basketballs to go around, especially with Hunter back? Because he's he was scoring 18 points a game before he got hurt. So you got a, about seven guys now that need the ball, uh, literally, and or six. And you know that uh, that concerns me. So I'm I've got a huge red circle around Atlanta uh, with concern of of how that goes. Now, if for some bizarre reason Young does get counted out and uh, Hunter's out, then you have to consider some of these guys, you know, whether it be Collins more than likely, number one, and probably a Bogdanovich or Gallo uh, as a secondary guy. But if they all play, I think there's a lot of uh, sharing to go around. Clippers have some good defenders there. Uh, You know, they're not the same without Pat Bev uh, heading it up, which does give Trey Young a little bit of breathing room. Uh, So he is in consideration. But again, it's a guard heavy day, so you can't play them all. On the Clippers side, you know, I, I have a tendency here to like Morris's value. And I also like Kawhi. Uh, I don't have a ton of buy-up guys. And Kawhi just seems like a, a fine fit here. He's He has turned it up several notches since the All-Star break. I don't know what, you know, who got in his ear or what took place exactly. But he came out in the press, you know, and we mentioned this last week and sort of called out his team that they needed to step it up. And uh, he's been leading by example. So, you know, it, it's an island game for them. And I think Kawhi's a fantastic pay-up guy that uh, I'd love to have in the holster going into that last game. Excellent. Well, uh, it's going to be a fun slate, eight games. Uh, we'd love to see you in Discord uh, tonight for our lineups. If you have any questions, reach out to us on Twitter at DFS Coach Talk. You can all also follow the coach at J O E S A R V A D I. You can find me at Language Olympic. Uh, that's it, coach. You ready to wrap it up? How about we run it back tonight, just like last night? That would work for me. I love it. I'm in for that. So let's let's do it. Thank you all for tuning in. We appreciate all of your support, and we look forward to seeing you again tomorrow when we look to crush it in DFS.